Welcome to the Initiative Podcast, helping you to change your culture, change your city, and change the world. We hope you enjoyed today's topic, and if you have any questions, feedback, or want to suggest a future conversation, feel free to reach out to us via social media or at hey at initiativenetwork.org. All right, guys, welcome back to the Initiative Podcast. Today's topic is how, as millennials or young adults, if you don't know what that means, but how do you, as a young adult, make the best use of your time? Uh, there's a verse, Ephesians 5.16, which says, make the best use of your time for the days are evil. So we're just going to get right into it and say, at what point, I guess maybe is a good place to start, That's at what place. point did you guys start realizing you needed to make I don't know be more intentional and eternal with your time and then we'll talk about how does it actually look in our daily life yeah man I know for me man first of all I'm really glad we're doing this topic today because I, I, I just said this yesterday I feel like time gets away from us uh, I was telling Ryan that and for those of you who are listening who wonder who Ryan is he's on our team but time really does get away from us. And I think for me personally, just starting us out is I really think is when I graduated from college and started to realize like this just got real and it was time to find what was my purpose in this life. Like I waited until I graduated from college to determine what was my purpose, but I joined a church and started volunteering with high school students. And I really realized like there was such a great need uh, to help others see that they could actually understand their purpose earlier in life. And that's the truth. And so I would say for me, man, it was really, um, it was really post-college, just right after graduation and working with high school students, um, in the student ministry. It was a big deal for me. Hmm. I would say I've had a couple different opportunities to have a wake up call and say, Hey, what are you doing with your life? Or what are you doing with your free time? Um, the one that sticks out to me most is midway through college when I, uh, realized things that I loved that I wasn't doing. I loved to write and I loved to read and I loved to travel and I, I didn't make any time to do those things because I was in college and because that's not what my friends were doing. And so when I realized, wow, God has wired me to really communicate truth and to really enjoy communicating truth. Why don't I spend my time doing that? That's good. And I mean, I went back to my life kind of unwillingly, Mm -hmm. but went back to my life, quit everything and made drastic changes in my life because of it, made drastic changes in the way that I spent my time because of it. And so For me, I had to recognize, in a sense, in a very immature sense, what God has called me to, and uh, that has grown so much since that first initial time, but that was when I was awakened to how I was using my time. So John, you were after college, you were during college, and I remember when you came back from Australia, you did the Chelsea that everyone kind of knew because you usually are known for what you do. Mm-hmm. You stopped doing those things mm-hmm. and started doing new things. Yeah. Um, for me, I was, uh, and I think I've told you this story. When I was in high school, it was my senior year. I got invited to a, um, 
men's Bible study, and it was all men above the age of 40 and 50. Like, I remember I was removed. I was the youngest guy. Closest to me would be around a 45-year-old guy. Wow. So it was about 15 people. Most of the guys, their children or grandchildren or my age. And it was a 6 a.m. Bible study at Cracker Barrel. Oh, yeah. And, um, <laughs> My favorite. <laughs> I really do like Cracker Barrel. I do Barrel. like Cracker Barrel. Don't but knock I it. I don't. So you try. I <laughs> love Cracker Barrel. There was a na- lady named Kristen. She was always our, our waiter, waitress. Gosh, I miss her. And uh, basically, it was because the first thing they said to me when I came to this Bible said, I just got randomly invited. I was like, yeah, I'll go. And I, if I try, make a commitment, I try to keep it. So I showed up. And the first thing one of the older guys said was, oh, I didn't know your generation even knew what it looks like this early in the morning. And I could see what he's saying. Like, he's right. Most young people don't wake up normally at six. Like, it's rare that I ever meet one of my friends that's that guy that, like, I wake up at five to read the word, work out. That's usually an older guy. So um, I'm not going to drop names, but Larry. (laughs) No. (laughs) Yeah, it was. So anyway, it was... uh, I'm the kind of guy that if you're going to tell me what I can't do, that's going to motivate me to do it more. So when he said, I didn't know your generation wakes up, I was like, I'm going to keep coming to this. But also, I did enjoy it a lot. It was um, my point in this Bible study, though, in me continually going is the things that they talked about that which were really important to them. And they were trying to pray for and they were hoping God would help them with. And especially more important was the things they were praying uh, and asking for help with, like their problems were so different than my problems. Yeah. Like my problems were breakups in high school and the basketball team to maybe what college will I go to? Like things that at the age, everyone's That's pretty appropriate about. for that age. But yeah. I remember like there was a breakup or there was a girl I was dating and it didn't work out. And um, it wasn't even that serious. Like but uh, some of the guys were just laughing at me. And it wasn't in an unhealthy way. Like, they listened, but they got to a point where they're just like, dude, you're going like, to be fine. You're going to be okay. I'm telling you. You're yeah. like 18, yeah. 17 years old. So, what I realized was what they talked about and what they cared about seemed so much more important. And it was less uh, of that's old people stuff. It was more that's just what's really going to matter longer in life because it was some, the same types of things. With what the 40-year-old guys, the 50-year-old guys, the 60-year-old guys, it started sounding the same. And my stuff sounded radically different. So I started thinking, man, what if I could start focusing and caring about the things that these guys are caring about at their age? I'll be prepared for when I'm 40 or 50. Because there was a lot of marriage stuff. There was a lot of raising your children. I'm like, I'm talking about breaking up with a three-month relationship. And you guys are doing that. And um, then I think I took it another level and started asking myself, well, if I want to be prepared for when I'm 50... What if I'm prepared for when, and that's where the whole 10,000, I used to think, what if I'm prepared for 10,000 years into heaven? And I know 10,000 years sounds like, wow, that's so long. Like I never even think, I think about the first day in heaven, let alone 10,000 years. years. But when I think about 10,000 years is nothing. It's a fraction, if not even a fraction of eternity. So it made me think, like David says, teach me to number my days. I started thinking if I number my days and act like it's short, uh, then I'll start living with more of an eternal perspective. So that was that was it. Now, my second question then is we have maybe hit a point where we start living with a more eternal mindset, which makes you want to make the best use of your time, maybe be a little more obedient. 
um, take a little more risk, I guess, if God's leading you that direction. But why do you believe that's not common for the average young adult, even Christian? Like, what is today? You know what, man? For me, I will tell you that when I was in college, I would say it was my senior year. And, of course, my testimony is a little bit different because um, I almost went all the way through college without knowing who Christ was truly and having a relationship with him. But it was what my mentor had said uh, there who was the pastor, and he said, live dangerously. And for some reason, man, it's just being a young man, a young guy who just felt like he had the whole world ahead of him. There was something about that living dangerously piece that I just wasn't accustomed to. I didn't truly understand what it meant to, to live dangerously, but I got it. Like there was something that that just resonated with within me. And I was like, man, I do want to live dangerous. I do want to be not average. And I think my opinion is, is that a lot of young men and a lot of young women, uh, perhaps they just know what they know. And what they know is, is I know I'm supposed to go to college or I know that I'm supposed to uh, graduate, get a job, um, do, do whatever it takes to pay the bills, which I get that and I understand that. But I also think, are they asking the right question? And that, and that is, what is my purpose? And but and wouldn't, I don't know you if that's, say, wouldn't you say that most young adults definitely feel this angst of I want more I want to do more like I want it's not like they're not thinking I want to live dangerously I think most young people if either they want it or especially when they see it they think I want to do that like there's not a lack of desire in my opinion okay that I see so why is it that they're not doing that I can't speak for (laughs) everybody obviously but I mean even just in me saying like my mid-college change, it was because nobody else was doing it. It's because everybody's going to school to get a degree to do what they want to do and nobody is actually doing it. And you have such an opportunity to go and do it, but nobody is because there are really good college programs. And I can't knock all of them, but when you have a community of people that you love and then you walk alongside and that you're doing life with, then you're going to see that as the norm. You're going to see that as the standard. And so to go outside of that, you don't know how to go outside of that. You don't have connections to go outside of that. Um, you don't have connections to you know live dangerously in this gospel-oriented missional way because you don't know how because nobody else is doing it. Yeah, and I would say that for me at the time, I had I had zero, I had nothing. I just knew, so Grant, you are absolutely right, that I think every young adult wants to live dangerously. They wanna go out and they wanna do those things. But again, as I, as I first mentioned, my belief is is we're just doing what our parents did maybe, where they get, the, they get the job, they have to pay the bills, they go and get an apartment. But if you don't have what you're talking about, Chelsea, they're not surrounded by people who are taking those risks, it's like, who wants to get out of the boat first? Mm -hmm. So I think that plays a big piece in what Grant's asking. I think it's maybe there's just not a lot of people around doing it. And therefore you're asking, well, what am I going to do by myself? Mm -hmm. That's probably a lot to do with it. Hmm. I remember when I was in, uh, when I was in high school, believe it or not, there was a day, maybe two, maybe a day and a half. 
I really didn't plan on going to college at all. Like, in fact, not that I didn't plan on going to college. I didn't even think I could go to college. And it was because I had a conversation with two to three guys. I remember, like, vividly picture. I know the names. I won't say it. But in my high school, my high school was poor, and uh, a lot of people don't go to college. Like, none of my friends that were close, close friends went to college. And I was talking to them, saying, like, it's about a month or two before high school's over. Everyone... Some people are starting to wear their shirts of where they're going to college, but my friend group wasn't necessarily that group. And I said, where do you guys, what are you guys going to like do? Like, seriously, what are you going to do once August starts? Are you, and because I think we joke about things, but we never really came to a conclusion. And they, again, these guys were like, I'm really not going to do anything. I'm going to get a job. And they were saying, college not for me. And they started making fun of it because I think whenever yeah, I mean, you want yeah. something and you know you can't get it, you either hate it or you make fun of it. Like yeah. it's a joke. So I remember my friends doing that, and I was like, they seemed sincere, though. Like, he really was making fun of it. Like, I'm not going to go do more school. I'm just going to get a job make money, man. And I thought, yeah. Well, because I was like, I don't know if I can afford to go to college. You seem pretty cool with not going to college. And I remember thinking, maybe I don't need to go to college. Maybe I'm not going to go to college either. Like, maybe I just have always thought I was, and I'm not going to. And it definitely is who you surround yourself with. But then I go to church, and all my friends are talking about going to college because it was a totally different friend group. Yeah. yeah. Um, so then I was like, "Oh crap!" They're talking about college like it's, it's not even fathomable to them that they wouldn't go to college. So I do think it is who you surround yourself with, and um, I think it's very easy to justify the lack of obedience, the lack of eternal mindset when yeah you see everyone else is is not. It just puts, it puts a. It puts it more sympathy or ease at it. But let's talk about what happens when you graduate. Because you came to the you came to the end. Like you, I was at the very you end. You finished the, college. The college and end. I see that that's happening more than ever right now. Yeah. And what is what is what happens when that happens? Or how do you become more of an eternal mindset even after like if you waited? Because some people just they just have and Man, they can't turn around. You know, I and just I don't want to keep making this about my personal story, but I'm speaking from experience. And I would say, again, when you are just doing what you are, you think is just the right thing, I'm, I honestly don't believe going back in time that college was something I just absolutely wanted to do. But I knew I needed to do that for a job. At the very end of my college career, I'm thinking, either I'm going to go for my master's and go for a PhD. I need to just keep doing what's comfortable and what I understand. Yeah. When I realized that was coming to an end, it forced my hand, and I saw. And I, I swear to you, Grant and Chelsea, I was sitting there the day of my graduation. I'm looking around. And I felt like I was the only person in the room who didn't already have a job, a job lined up, who wasn't going to move into their apartment that they had already placed the lease on. I was moving back in with my mom and dad, and that was a little bit humiliating to me and intimidating to me, and I was very afraid. So I really got outside of the comfort zone and came back and, and joined the local church and got involved with, of all places, high school student ministry. It was, in my mind, the most dangerous place that I could be because <laughs> yeah. uh, I didn't really understand who they were and, and, and what they thought and what would they think of a college graduate guy and stuff. So, And I think it's important to acknowledge, I don't know if this necessarily answers your question, but it, it's important to acknowledge that you can make the best use of your time while you're in college. You can go Absolutely. to college and get a degree and make the best use of yeah. your time. I was talking to um, a girl just last weekend and she was saying that she was going to school for broadcast journalism and she had an internship 
with the Kirby Anderson yeah. Um, yeah. Radio, radio station. And I'm like, that's awesome. You are getting a degree in something that you're passionate about and that you feel called to. And you're doing an internship in the real world to further your study. I think that's awesome and such a perfect way to make the best use of your time. And I think waiting until the end of college to do that, I mean, I think we should always, I don't know. I, I don't get know. what you're saying. No, okay, I will throw the monkey wrench or whatever in the it. plan because- let's, let's don't play. Okay, this is, this is one small thing. I'm not fully right about this, but I'm talking to Christians when I say this. And man, why do I always gotta be the martyr? <laughs> Come on here, do it, baby. The martyr. The martyr. This <laughs> is gonna be a martyr because I'm. Say everyone's it. Come on. Called out. On do this. it, Grant. Just do it. Okay. Summertime. It is today, right now. Summer, as a young adult, in my opinion, is the the time of freedom where you're undistracted with school. If you're not taking summer school classes, yeah, man, you can really off. devote yourself to yeah, whatever it is as a means to get more experience, yeah, more uh, educated, more connected, more uh, clarity. Even maybe it's the wrong thing, but at least you started finding that out. I now. like where you're going with this. Summer is that time. Now in Christian circles, and maybe this is just the South, summer is the time when you go work at a camp. Is what I number one thing you usually do a lot. Sure. Or you go like do something that's unrelated, like, or you just have fun, or you just go on vacations, or you like you. I think when you waste summer, you're wasting the most precious time of your college career, in my opinion, because it's it's times. And now, if you feel called to be in ministry at a camp or do counseling or work with kids, and I say keep doing that. Yeah, absolutely. But if you go no, every single year that, of things. every summer that you have, and you know you feel called to, let's say, be an architect or be a uh, musician or be an artist or, or just a business and there's leader. no expression experience uh, practice of what you have felt by God the creator of the universe has called you to do and you're doing things that have nothing remotely close to that but are good and awesome and everyone is great it's cool at some point where is the line of that's not what God has called you to do well do you want to go no, ahead? I was just going to say, but I think maybe with this, and this is where we are progressing as our podcast grows here, is do you think we're putting the cart before the horse on this? Because I think I kind of alluded to it a few minutes ago, but what about, I think everybody's passionate. I mean, I think everybody would not argue that we're passionate, but do we know our purpose? Do we understand our Absolutely. purpose? Absolutely. I think it's always going to tie everything we almost ever talk about here is going on the to podcast. Be... If, there's, if purpose is not recognized and uh, being redeemed, then... What, everything's going to be in shambles, in so, my opinion. So do you think, and I agree with that, so do you think, guys, that one, do we understand, do these young adults, if we're speaking about this audience, do they understand their purpose? Yeah. Are they working at camp because they don't know? No, their purpose. Yeah, I think it's what you said. You did what was comfortable to you and what mm -hmm, you knew. Absolutely. That's what everyone's doing. That's what's comfortable to you, and it's what you know. Uh, I don't think, I'm not anti-camp. I've gone to camps. But yeah, we both work when camps. I, when I see people that, feel called to one thing and then I see every summer though you devote all your time to hanging out chilling relaxing going to camp going to th do things that take up a massive amount of your summer and what I see as free time which I see as time to be leveraged for the Lord don't be disappointed or upset with God when 
graduation, you get the little piece of paper and you don't know what you're doing. You can't go to camp anymore and you can't you leverage that time as much as you used to. Um, summer is over. You got to work now and you don't know because now what's comfortable to you. And I feel like this is the hard part. The people that made it feel more comfortable and OK to not do those things are no longer there to make you feel comfortable because they've dispersed into all these different places. And if anything, you go hang out with them and it still seems to be this like aimlessness. Uh, and it's like, well, at least they don't know what they're doing either as much. But it's just that's when I think the dagger goes a lot deeper. And then I feel like it's a rut. It's a rut I see a lot of people in. And I think are you, Grant, saying that because I don't use my summers wisely that I don't know what to do with my life? No, but I do think that, man, that's like two, three months of precious free time. And I would always go back to like, tell me one thing Jesus did without purpose. Like one word that he said without purpose. That dude did everything intentionally. So why would he call us to live differently? So I know you're not talking about those who are like actively working in ministry, giving their time to that. Maybe that's what they're called to do. But you're talking also about the people who are just spending time resting by the pools or going and getting that summer job. I mean, you're talking about people who are just not fully with everything within their within their spirit, chasing down something that they feel called to and well, understanding yeah, I mean, it whatever and it is. It. Okay. Yeah, man, I agree. And I think that, I, I mean, just to, to put the, the hopeful spin on it, when we think about, okay, I know my purpose. I know what I'm doing. We can lay by the pool. We yeah, can have absolutely. a day to lay absolutely. by the pool. No, that's important. Okay, that's great. But we're not spending this bulk of time kind of aimlessly doing that. And, I, and so I, I understand. I agree. I think the, the root of even what you're saying is not, and you said this yourself, it's not, hey, don't work at camp or don't go on mm -hmm. vacation. Right. Hey, know your purpose and pursue it. And then, yeah, go on your vacation and be revived in that, you know, whatever. So what do we say to the listeners or even that, let's say there's just family members who say, okay, I know I have a millennial living in my house. What do we say to those who are saying, how do we help understand their purpose? Or if I'm a listener, I'm like, I just don't even know what my purpose is. What do we want to tell them? Those who are maybe not seeking their purpose. Maybe they don't even know that they should be seeking their purpose in their life because they're just going to get a job or find a job and start plugging away and earning that money and buying that house and getting married. Um, what do you say to those people? I mean, if I was talking to a parent, I'm going to rattle these off the top of my head. We can do, um, we should do a, one just specifically on calling Absolutely. purpose. We can, we can um, do that in the future. But uh, I think if I was to sit down with a younger person, whether it's my child, a nephew, niece, a friend, a young person, someone that's sincerely searching for purpose. I, these are questions that can narrow, but not specifically say this is it. I think the Spirit's job would be identifying it, but these questions can narrow. I think questions like, uh, what are the things that you could talk for hours about? That means you yeah, really have so thought about right it a there. lot. Yeah. What are the Pretty things that about. you can, uh, they just, your face posture changes when you talk about it and people see almost a different type of person about it. Um, yeah. what are the things that when you see it done wrong 
it upsets you and you're like really meticulous about, well, no, no, it's this way or this way or this is the truth about that or this is the, like, you know a lot about it and it actually disturbs your your soul in some ways when it's done a little wrongly or talked about the wrong way. Or, it means you really care. Like That's you, passion. Yeah. Um, what are the things that when you talk about it, you do something con- pertaining to it? I don't, I don't know. I'm trying to leave it as narrow. I mean, as yes, open as possible while narrowing it. Uh, when you talk about it, when you do something concerning it, um, other people, especially if they're older, say, hey, you're really good at that or you know a lot about that or you you should think about doing something in that. So a lot of affirmation that. from yeah. different people just saying, hey, man, I don't know if you knew this or hey, girl, I don't know if you knew this, but you're good at this. Yeah. Listen. Whatever, yeah. I mean, whatever disturbs your soul when you see it, it done poorly, whatever disturbs your soul in the world, like you, what makes you really upset like that no one has done anything about this or made this better than it is? Like why is it still outdated or unfixed or whatever it is um those things can narrow i mean i I would i i want to do something around this and i i think that getting involved in it doesn't mean okay now you're in it might show you that that's not exactly it but now you have a even more narrow path because i think just thinking about it and praying about it is the first step yeah and then it's the step literal step of obedience of going in getting your hands dirty and finding out, okay, now it's even more narrow. But at some point, you know exactly what you're not called to, almost all the things you're not called to, and a handful of things you are called to. And then you get the joy, you get hopefully paid in the future, the more experience you get. Um, But those things I think I I would talk about and start narrowing down what are those things. And then how do we get you around the people that respond the same way you respond, that are get excited the same way, same way you get excited and are doing it. Uh, so that the new norm is what they're doing and not what your friends are doing because they don't they don't care they haven't been they haven't given the dna about that thing and we're all made different yeah so no this is good stuff and i would say since we are saying uh, making the most use of your time uh if we wanted to recap on that it just seems like one is is making sure that we're not we're not losing time during precious moments when we have lots of it. Using that time to make sure, using that time wisely, uh, and seeking out what is what is it that I'm really passionate about, and then how do I align that with something that I can get involved with, learning from those who've gone before me, and just really plugging in and not just spending a lot of time wasting time. Right, and and just to reemphasize what what Chelsea said is, and this is new to me because I am the kind of guy where. Tell me what I need to do, and I will do it. And then I would love to do it. Like I, I'm gonna think about it a lot. Um, I ha- have had to relearn the the emphasis, the emphasis God put on making the best use of Sabbath too. So yeah. it's not an anti camp, and it's not an anti vacation or anti rest hmm. thing. Uh, what we're quoting is one verse in the Bible: the making uh, honoring a Sabbath is a Ten Commandment. So yeah. uh, learning how to Sabbath. But I think how much more, like you said, Chelsea, can you Sabbath well and be at peace when the other six days of the week, you know, you're on point with the Lord Uh, that. Yeah, it'd be weird to Sabbath like one day and it almost I feel like it'd be like when you put your head in the sand, like for one day, because, you know, you got to return to that that hard week of I'm still searching. I'm still aimless. I'm still wondering. And God, have you abandoned me? I that's that's torture. You know, and it also seems like the other piece of this is surrounding yourself or getting involved with 
a group of people who are like-minded or have that same drive and passion that can encourage you and spur, spur you on to do great things. Grant, I think me and you talk about this all the time. When we first started ministry, man, one of us had the idea and the vision to start a ministry. The other one was like, man, I, I want to get involved with that. I want to get, I want to do something. And then before you knew it, we had 10 people in the room and we started, that's where it really took off for, for us when we started doing our ministry and just stuck our necks out there. Yeah. We needed people around us that were willing to be dangerous, to yeah. take risks that who cares if you didn't have a website or money in the bank or whatever, we were risk takers. And I think uh, I would just to encourage, cause like I said earlier, there are going to be people that no matter what, they are people that are listening to this and they didn't do, like they just are in a situation in which they're listening to this, they feel conviction of the Spirit, um, and they can't redeem the years that are gone. Like they can only respond now. Absolutely. And there's a verse, I've got to find it. Um, I know it's there, I'm just, I need to know the number, but it's an Old Testament verse, um, I think in Isaiah, where it talks about, uh, God says, the years that the locust ate, I will redeem and I will revive. Like, so I want to share just for, we got two minutes. Is God not the God? And I've seen this happen for so many people. They may have for 18 years, 20 years, 25 years, not lived a bad life, just not lived exactly where they could confidently stand before God and say, this is where I'm supposed to be. And then they decide, but I want to go there. I'm going to do something about it. I feel like God is so faithful that even in that just one, the first small step, he's like, I'm going to show up and make sure you know I'm, I'm all in it. Like He's not, I don't feel like God usually with this specific topic. I feel like he doesn't make you keep doing, keep going, and then show you, okay, yeah, I am there now because I was, I was making sure you're serious about it. It's almost like first step, man, yeah. almost every guy's story that I ever see who responds to this kind of talk they they go and they're like they text me and they're so excited like, dude i did yeah, this one thing and then they said this and this happened and uh, it's like they get wrapped up in this world this story are very quickly it's like all they needed is that one small step that see much. that happen all the time no all the time all the time and maybe it was just a little pep talk or maybe it was just that push but i agree man it's just i don't know what it is there's just something affirming about hearing it and someone pushing you <laughs> and that, my friends, is our warning. Oh man! All right, guys. Well, one that was <laughs> that was my uh, ringtone redeemed. Um, he redeemed that ringtone, by the way. We're at thirty. <laughs> we're at thirty minutes, and we got to take a phone call. But uh, we love you guys. Uh, if you are, Gosh, we love you guys. If you are in a point where you're wondering, prayer is the first step. Uh, all the wisdom in the world is not going to give you as much as one minute of sincere prayer. And then, uh, if you ever pray, though, don't you dare hear God say, go and do. Um, and not do. Like, not do it all. Just take a step. Uh, Jesus is a lamp to our feet, not uh, on the lighthouse showing us the whole way. Just right. the next step. Absolutely. Yeah. So, thank you guys for listening, and we'll be back. Love you guys.